decision at all for a financial exchange. From Facebook's point of view, it was just a further service to users and publishers. If it hosted the Times content, it would load faster, hence a better experience for Facebook users clicking to a shared Times story. The Times and other publishers should do this, Facebook reckoned, because it would get them greater exposure to Facebook's vast audience. It was promotional. After some limited pushback from the publishers, the deal now resembles a conventional digital ad split, of the kind made ubiquitous by Google AdSense. That is, if Facebook sells against this content through its networks, it splits the revenues with the publisher. If the publisher sells the ad, as though in a freestanding insert model, it keeps what it kills exactly the model that has consistently lowered digital ad prices, the inevitable discounting when you have many sellers of the same space. When I discussed this with one of the Facebook executives responsible for crafting the deal, I tried to point out that paying for content, i.e. traditional syndication, was exactly what kept the content from becoming advertorial. Otherwise, the content creator necessarily has to use this distribution opportunity to maximize sales potential. It's a singular monetization moment. The publisher is not building larger, sustainable brand value. The Facebook executive seemed mystified by why Facebook should care about this. And indeed, it's a model that, on this monetization basis, might work to BuzzFeed's advantage. In a sense, the instant article arrangement means BuzzFeed has cached free space and free audience from Facebook, which it can sell back to clients sponsoring its content. This can work particularly well for BuzzFeed because it is not just an editorial organization, but also effectively an ad agency or direct response firm. It strategically and shrewdly walks the fine line between editorial and promotion. Varieties of print publication categories, like travel and fashion, have of course long straddled this line. And that works just fine for both BuzzFeed and Facebook. But what of the New York Times? It is not only that this syndication arrangement gives the Times no direct payments, but instant articles and other platform distribution deals move the business another step closer toward what Ken Doctor, an analyst and journalist who has closely covered the demise of the news business, calls off-news site reading. In this, publishers effectively give up their own channels and become suppliers of content to more efficient distribution channels. There is no New York Times, there are just New York Times articles, a distinction Facebook might not think much of, but that all publishers, in this gradual relinquishing of their brand and audience, ought to have an existential crisis about. In effect, the New York Times becomes a wire service, the AP, except where the AP gets paid huge licensing fees, the Times does not. In fact, the Times itself, reliant on the AP for its pictures and other reporting, will still be paying those fees to the benefit of Facebook. This is further puzzling because the Times has built a digital subscription business of almost a million users. Why subscribe to the Times if you can read it for free on Facebook? Of course, the subscription business will not support the Times alone. Indeed, its growth appears to be seriously slowing. It needs advertising, too. Most of the advertising that pays for most of the Times' costs still comes from the actual newspaper. That revenue stream is declining quickly, however, and is far from being replaced by digital ads, which in the first quarter of 2015 yielded only $14 million a month in revenue. 
Fifteen years ago, before digital balkanized the business, the Times was averaging more than $100 million a month in ad revenue. These measly ad dollars are in part a function of the fact that Google and Facebook together take 52% of all digital advertising. In other words, part of the thinking here is, if you can't beat them, join them, or submit to them. From the earliest information wants to be free days of digital media, publishers have largely responded to the medium as an experiment, going forward because others were, and because they couldn't afford not to, scared into greater and greater urgency because they did not understand the technology. The ultimate result was a disastrous sheep-to-slaughter endgame scenario in which the new digitally-focused publishers are a fraction of their analog size— And now, in the prevalent view, there is simply no turning back. The math has changed. The New York Times may once have made more than $100 million a month in advertising revenue on a 1.5...